Welcome in one and all on a Friday edition, holiday edition, if you will, the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Buzzard Billy's out there in Lacrosse in the Starlight Lounge upstairs and at 1860's Brick Hotel. And if you follow them on Facebook, Buzzard Billy's has the uh, blackened chicken fetti, fettuccine Alfredo. Alfredo, because it's Buzzard Billy's, kind of Cajun. De, D-E-A-U-X. Uh, but oh my goodness, uh, so good. If you haven't had it, ooh, head out there. They have terrific food. And especially on a weekend like this, where you're just going to go out, you're doing, you're finishing up your Christmas shopping, you're doing a little local shopping, maybe for some of the uh, stores downtown, downtown Lacrosse. Stop over, Buzzer Billy's, get yourself a good meal, go upstairs, have a craft cocktail, and head home. It's it's a perfect night, perfect night, heading out uh, to Buzzer Billy's. Good stuff in Lacrosse and in the Starlight Lounge, right upstairs. Really, really, really good stuff. Um, we heard uh, in the first hour of the program. If you didn't hear it. You can go back and take a listen to it, but if you didn't hear it, Joe Barry spoke yesterday. And uh, before we get into uh, Chuck Freeman coming up here in about 15 minutes, we'll talk some Brewers baseball. But I want to get your reaction to uh, what Joe Barry had to say in, uh, I don't want to say defense of himself, but basically to explain what exactly went on and what's going on right now, defensively speaking. Let's go to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, Bill, between this guy whining about his what his family thinks and the other guy crying you got to be kidding me here <laughs> this is you got this this is just unbelievable you think this guy had cancer or something going up there look do people really think that LaFleur and Barry don't communicate on the game plan every week where is uh, LaFleur's comparability on this what where, where is he he doesn't know yeah. oh four man rush playoff you know 15 yards downfield LaFleur doesn't know this What's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like to right. say this. Goody is not is not going to let LaFleur pick the defensive coordinator. That ain't not going to happen. He took too long to get rid of the special teams guy, and look what he's doing with this guy. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, you know, so go, my theory is this, Bill, that Goody's going to pick the defensive coordinator, a guy that could move into the head coaching position if needed, and uh, and, the, and the defensive coordinator is going to pick uh, one of the whether it's a defensive back coach or a linebacker or a defensive line coach is going to be his assistant so that he could move into that position if he if the defensive new the new defensive coordinator has to move into the head mm-hmm. coaching position because that's the way I think you're Goody Bill you're going to let Lafleur pick the defensive coordinator. You're going to do that. Your job. You're going to be on the dartboard, man. If you yeah, do that. no, I I you're think he has he has a hand in it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think it's going to be a collaborative. Don't don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, really. I don't think I don't think Lafleur's going to have any shot. I really don't. I wouldn't. I'm running the team. You had your shot. I'm going to tell him. And you took too long to get rid of this guy, I'm going to say. Well, that's the other part of it, yeah. His decision to get rid of this guy or not to get rid of this guy also doesn't make him look, uh, you know, real trustworthy in that area either. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't see see it at all. And as far as the playoffs are concerned, look, I I can understand all the winners. Look, this team should, you know, and I am experienced and all. I don't know if I'm 100% in on that, if that really matters, because the there's a lot of players that change and different things like that. So look at it this way. Right now, they're picking 11th in the draft. If they lose their last three, 
Now, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. Right. In reality, with this team, you don't know. So let's say they lose their last three. Bill, they could that, that would move them up probably to number five. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're talking game-changing player there. You know what I mean? Right. And then you pick fifth in the second round. So this is, this is uh, you know, this is real interesting. You know, we could say that, like you said, oh, the experience might help them. What what do you, you know, think is better really, for them to for them to crash and burn or for them to get into the postseason? You know, in my opinion, because they can. In my here, here's what I have to say. I think two years from now, if they keep everything together and get good, add really good players, they could be in the Super Bowl. Two years from now. So what I'm saying is, if they get the fifth pick, that would add on to that. And then they sign a few free agents. I don't think making the playoffs right now is going to do them any good. But, you know, I don't – because I'm scared for them being mediocre, going 2-1 and one and missing the playoffs or anything. But it, it's hard – look, I understand your point of view, but my point of view is I'm looking ahead to the Super Bowl in two years. So, therefore, the fifth pick is going to do me a lot of good more than making the playoffs this year and getting destroyed by the 49ers. Do you really want to see – Look, look what Tampa Bay did to them. Do, do you really want to see the 49ers beat them 60 to 10 on national well, TV? I, I don't know, no, but I'd love to see them in the postseason. I'd love to see them get that experience as a young group. We keep talking about the youth and the inexperience. That'll give them a lot of experience going in to see what a postseason and how amped up it actually gets and what it takes for you to actually play against the best of the best. I think that's good. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it, I don't know. I'll, I'll sort of mixed feelings on that because I've seen that before, and I don't know if it really works because I've seen teams, like, go from six wins and go into deep into the playoffs the following. We've seen it. You've seen it. we all seen right. it. Yeah. So, uh, you know you know what I mean? So I don't know if that really means anything. You know what I mean? I'm not but sure. But I've also that. seen them right. draft high. I've also seen them draft high and have bad drafts. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. so I, I, you know, I mean, I'd I'd rather go with the experience that you know you're going to get versus the unknown of the draft choices. And, and let's be honest, if Goody has another draft the way he did this past draft, with Ferguson and Kraft and some of the and you know Jaden Reed and company, then actually the team will be fortified no matter where they draft if it ends up being a draft like he just had. Right, but you see, what happens is when you draft fifth, it gives you the opportunity to even move up or move down. So let's yeah, say you exactly. get the fifth and you can move down to 10. You pick up the second yeah. and the third. You could really, you know what I mean, right. Bill? You, yep. you, it's like being, you know, you know it's, it's I get really, it. it's, you know, so, you know. I get it. I don't know. Well, I guess we, we don't have a crystal ball, but we're, we're going to end up in three weeks seeing what's happening, right? So You, you know, can talk I mean, me, Gerard, I uh, appreciate the phone call. You can talk me into either way. Uh, you can talk me into drafting, you know, fifth and losing out and crash and burn, and you can talk me into the playoff scenario. Uh, what I know versus what I don't, this is the way I base my, my opinion, and I'll just give it to you real quick before I take another call. What I know is that if you get to the postseason, you are now playing playoff football, which means those guys inside that locker room, this, this, this young group, as everybody wants to allude to it, okay, I don't, but this young group, as everybody wants to allude to it, this young group now has to win out, has to watch the scoreboard, has to hope for tiebreakers, and then if they get there, what we know will happen is they have to prepare for either the 49ers, Philadelphia, or the Dallas Cowboys. One of those three teams they're going to face. 
they have a shot, in my opinion, the way they're playing right now, at beating the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles don't have the staunch defense they had last year. I think they missed their defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach over in Indianapolis. I think things have just changed a little bit. There's a different feeling. You're still talking about Jalen Hurts calling out guys, you know, saying we need to be better, we need to be more focused. We, But he says we is me because he now has to walk it back a little bit because he knows there's guys inside that locker room that are kind of taking it for granted. So I think if there's a team that could get got, it might be Philadelphia that the Packers could sneak up on, okay? They could sneak up on. I don't think they're going to beat them, but it would be competitive. But what I want, what I know is that if they go to the postseason, I know they will be on the road. I know they will see a playoff atmosphere. I know they'll experience that type of game, that type of intensity, that type of amped up feeling in the postseason of, hey, we're one of, we're one of half, we're one of 16, 17, whatever it is, that have made it. We're one of that, and here's where we have to prove ourselves. And then if they do get smacked down, you also leave going, we're one of them that made it, but we are still not anywhere near of the level of the intensity of the ability to play in the postseason as those guys, and that's where we need to be. So that is an – or, or, God forbid, they win. Then they realize what it takes to play at your best, at your peak, against one of the top teams, and when you do it, you can win. That's the intensity you need to bring each and every week. I know that experience will then be ingratiated into them. That I know. What I don't know is if they end up with a fifth or a seventh or an 11th round draft choice or 11th uh, overall pick, I don't know if that guy is going to be an impact player. I don't know what he ends up being. I don't know if he's a bust. I don't know if he's going to be a massive success. I don't know if he's a pro bowler or a Hall of Famer. I don't know. But what I do know is that they will get that postseason experience. That's the reason I go in the in the here and the now and the postseason experience motto rather than let's see it crash and burn. So I, you can talk me into both sides of it, but that's the reason I make my decision as to, as to how it is. Let's go to Russ listening to us in Green Bay. Russ, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call, Bill. You, you uh, bet. Before, before I get to my point, I want to say that I wholeheartedly agree with your take on them making the playoffs. I agree with everything you say. Um, so that I'll get that. But my point that I wanted to talk about is how irritating it is to me going into week 15 to hear about communication problems between the coaching staff and the player. And no matter which way you want to, which way you want to take it, I, I think that falls on the coaching staff. If you're, telling them what to do and they don't understand you need to find a different way to communicate and my example for that goes way back to the early days of Javon Walker who had you could see all the physical talent but he couldn't run the plays and they found a different way to teach him how to do it and then he became a very very good wide receiver so right. if the players aren't doing what you tell them to do then the coaches need to put them on the bench and put the players out that will do what they're told to do and if they can't figure out a different way to communicate to these players that they want to play, then the coaches need to be gone because that's their job is to communicate and teach these players all the way down from the defensive coordinator to each position coach. They're all responsible to make sure that these individuals know what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to be. And the players have to do their due diligence to study to make sure they understand what's expected of them. But I still, I still lean more to it being a coaching problem. Yeah, I, I, here's the, 
No, no, I appreciate it. Uh, here's the other thing that I think of um, when I when I think about the communication issue. And it's the same thing that they're talking about right now over in Pittsburgh uh, about some of the players they have, some of the wideouts that have not performed very well. And they want to blame the head coach, and they want to talk about communication and such. They're also, at what point do you have to have a a culture and a leader in that locker room that has the ability to pull along a guy or two or three and say, what's the problem? Why don't you know where to go? It just It's not that we're sitting here judging you. It's just we want to know what the problem is so we can help you. Because sometimes, look, I agree with you. I, I think at this point in the season when you're sitting there going, well, it's communication errors, it's like, come on, man. Communication errors happen in preseason. Those are the things you take care of at training camp. Those are the things you take care of when you get the – you know, the, the live game play, the first couple of games of the season. You, you're not talking about them in week 16 and 17. You, you can't. You can't. You got to know it. You got to know the guy next to you by now. And it's not like we haven't had injuries all season long because Jair's been out quite some time. We've seen, you know, Stokes has been out for quite some time. We've seen other guys get injured, you know. Uh, Rasul Douglas was traded, you know, weeks ago. So at this point in time, this is when the communication thing, you know, it, it, that doesn't wash anymore. So at what point? Is there a, and this is what I've talked about. I've said this before. Who is your leader on defense? Where's your culture guy? Where's the guy that walks over and goes, hey, Cat, this is not the way we do things here. This is Packers football, and we have to live up to the reputation of the guys like that that have walked through these halls before, like a Nitschke. You know, these are the guys that we have to kind of honor, so to speak. These guys, the hard-nosed guys, there's no, they didn't go with communication. They'd beat your ass if there was communication problems. It's like, come on, dude. You're not paying attention. You don't know what's going on. You can't figure it out. You're not studying. What are you, playing too many video games? What is your problem? Who's the guy inside the locker room? Who's the guy inside that defense that's taken some of these guys aside and said, what's the issue? Because, I mean, go back to when Reggie White was here. Now, you don't have that kind of a leader anymore, but Reggie White used to show up on people's doorsteps at 11 in the, at night, knocking on the door. What's the problem? Either you've got problems with the kids and the wife, you're out partying too much, you're not studying, you're not doing something. What's the problem? You and I are going to talk. What's the problem? Who's that guy? I don't think they have it. I really don't. I think, and this is just my opinion, but I think also the next round of draft choices, and I love what Tucker Craft had to say. I love listening to Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, these guys that have basically you know, they've been eating it, breathing it, sleeping it since they were kids. This is all they want. This is, there's a passion there. I want to see somebody on defense that has that same level of passion, the guy that's going to call somebody out and say, hey, dude, I'm not here to be a jerk. I'm not here to humiliate you. I'm here to say I want to help. What's the problem? Where are the guys in? Where's the guy that Joe Barry goes says, hey, I need, I need some help here. This guy's not getting it. I may not be teaching it right. Our secondary coach may not be teaching it right. What do we need to do? What can we do to help you help, help you understand this? Where is that guy? I don't think – I don't know. I, can't, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say I don't think. I don't know what that culture is. I don't know who those leaders are. But I do know one thing. The only guy that talks, that talks a lot of smack and doesn't back it up is Jair Alexander. Putting on the belts, putting on the glasses, trying to be cool but yet can't play. I don't know why. And this year has not been a good year for Jair to begin with. So put the belts down, put the shades away, quit trying to act cool, and get back to playing football. Because right now, you're basically a high-paid paperweight. That's all you are, man. That's all you are. Let's go to uh, Jim listening to us in Green Bay. Jim, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? 
Hey, I'm doing good, Bill, and I enjoy listening to your program, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you very much. You too. I'm going to make a point, and then I want you to be truly honest, and you tell me what you think. Regardless of who's ever the defensive coordinator and whatever what scheme they're running, uh, you tell me, you honestly tell me on that defense, who are your impact players? Who really are your impact players? I know you got a bunch of number one draft choices and all this stuff, but honestly, in my mind, Rashawn Gary is the only guy I can honestly say is an impact player. To me, the rest are just a bunch of guys. Um, boy, that's a great question. You, Appreciate the you, phone call. You, I uh, no, I'm you, uh, here. Let me you, let me go through this real quick. Go ahead. What yeah, you, you say? tell me what you think. Okay, you, you tell I me think, what you think. Absolutely, I'm going to say that I think your impact players are uh, now impact versus the heart to do it. I think your impact player is Kenny Clark. If you just watch him on a down-in and down-out basis, he does hold his own. I think he's an impact player. Um, I think Rashawn Gary. Quay Walker could be, but he's still learning. But what I have seen out of Quay Walker has been progression this season. And for those that don't watch him every down, if you go back and watch his downs, I really like the way he's progressed at getting off of blocks. There's still times he gets tied up and he gets pushed downfield, okay? But he's gotten better at it this season. And that speed is the reason they brought him in, because he gets sideline to sideline. He does create a little bit of pressure. Um, but as far as the rest of it goes, the one guy that's got a ton of heart, if you ever watch him play, he's got a ton of heart. He's got a great motor. He just doesn't have as much talent and tools as some of the other guys. And Gabari. I love that guy's motor, man. I really do. I love his motor. Valentine is somebody that's coming into his own. He's going to get picked on until he proves he's a he's a quality guy. And he's not there yet. Love his motor. But impact players, to your definition, it's Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, and that's about it. That's about it. All right, let's do this. We're going to talk a little uh, baseball when we come back. Uh, we'll deviate away from the football for just a couple of minutes. Uh, but we're going to come back to it. Don't worry. We're going to come back to it. But uh, that being said, uh, Chuck Freeman from the Locked On Brewers podcast is going to be joining us. Stay tuned. Coming up, more on this Christmas Merryman edition of the Bill Michael Show. We'll be back after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Our friends at Point Brewing in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, wishing you and yours a very, very, very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Reminding you to be responsible, but enjoy everything coming out of Point. And, you know, hey, if you want to go with the N.A., they have that or the Point Root Beer, which is awesome. Awesome stuff there, too. That's our friends from Point Brewing. Joining us now from the Locked on Brewers podcast, it's our guy Chuck Freeman uh, is here. Chucker, how you doing, pal? I do love that point, Rupier. You know, you won't offend me with a, a six-pack of that over Christmas. No, not at all. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Especially yeah. when uh, they you can even send your picture there for a party, and they will make it personalized and put your picture on the bottle. Did you know that? <laughs> I, don't know what to... <laughs> I don't know if I want your picture on the bottle, Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, would put a, I, would, I would have a picture of me 
wearing just like a Santa thong and a Santa hat, it would just say, drink me, Chuck. And oh, I man. Uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd give it right back to the postman. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it. I'd, I'd, I'd say return to, you know, the old Elvis Presley song, return to sender. Re, return to offender. <laughs> that would be what it is. Return to offender. How you been? Uh, let me let me ask. Well, I'm good. I uh, I I just want to know if you had like a wish list for things to be put under the Brewers Christmas tree. What that might be. Well, first of all, I agree with you on Jair Alexander. I I've been saying this for years. If I could just say this one second for Jair, man, acts like he's a ten time Pro Bowler. What is yeah. up with that? Yeah, I, I mean, know. how come no one's ever told him to tone that down a little bit? Um, I don't goodness. know. I mean, I look. I don't know what's going on inside the locker room because the whole quote miscalculation of his injury is something that has raised many eyebrows. So I, we, we don't get a chance to really talk to him and ask yeah. him about it. And he doesn't want to talk about it anyway, but I, I'm kind of like, nah, what's happening behind the scenes at Jair's like, I'm not coming back to, I'm fully healthy. It ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of wonder what's going on there. No doubt. Yeah. But you're asking me about my Christmas list for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, obviously I think, uh, a power-hitting third baseman or first baseman would be great. I mean, Pete Alonso would be fantastic. But as you know, sometimes with Milwaukee Brewers, we can't have nice things like that. We can't have nice Christmas right. trees. We can't have nice presents yeah. like that. Um, so uh, we're, we're settling for a little bit less. Uh, but, yeah, I think that they need some – they need a big bat in this lineup. I just talked to Lane Grindle, who's on this episode of Locked on Brewers. I said, Lane – I agree with that. I said they need a big bat in the middle of this lineup because I feel like the pitching staff has taken a little bit of a hit here in the offseason. I do think Corbin Burns is coming back, but they need something to fortify that offense, which they haven't had in recent years. Can't be leaning on that pitching staff forever. And uh, right. yeah, if they can get a somehow get a big bat, if it involves Corbin Bur- Cor- trading Corbin Burns, I'm fine with that, but need to have a a guy who's going to make some dents in that outfield at right. Ampham Field. Yeah, with uh, no Woodruff, and if they do trade away Corbin Burns, it certainly creates vacancies uh, in that pitching rotation. Did you like the trade they made with the Mets? Well, I think that's a – we got a corresponding move with that. Right. I, I look at that. That was a salary dump. That's not like the NBA yeah. does where you have an expiring contract. Oh, let's trade this guy who's making – $12 million to this team because they want to keep him and then cut him. And then, uh, and, and not that the Mets are going to cut these guys, but the Brewers just basically cleared seven and a half million. If you look at talent for talent, the if, if you look at just straight talent for talent, the Brewers got, obviously that, that that's not a worthy trade because you gave away a starting right. pitcher and you gave away a, a guy who started at times and had some big at bats for the Brewers last year. So yeah. I, th- I what well, I'm hoping that they cleared seven and a half million dollars of salary that'll pave the way for them to either sign somebody or make a trade. They cleared two roster spots up, and this guy they got, uh, the Coleman Cooler, uh, Coleman Crow, uh, is not going to. I don't see him. I don't see him factoring in. Uh, I don't see much of an upside, even when he was healthy. He's coming off Tommy John surgery too. Yeah, I I don't see a lot there. So if you're going to say have the salary dump and you've got a corresponding move mm-hmm. happening, are, are is it that they're paying somebody or they're going to use that money to go out and get somebody? Well, that's the thing. I, it could be the one, Bill. I think it could be they could, uh, could it be a free agent that they're signing. Maybe Reese Hoskins or is there someone like that they might be interested in? Could it be a, a move where involving Burns, where they're taking back uh, a guy who's maybe got an expiring contract for? 
next season like Pete Alonzo would have. And I'm just throwing Pete Alonzo out there. Um, but a guy who, you know, maybe he's is under one year control yet, and then he's gonna hit the free agent market. Maybe they do something like that. It was interesting the other day, I thought, Bill, that Ken Rosenthal said that he was uh, that Mark Antanasio is not willing to really part with Corbin Burns because it would send a bad message to everyone, much like the Josh Hader trade did, and he doesn't want to go down that road once again. Right. Well, but you know you're not going to pay him. I mean, you're not- I think we, we would understand getting rid of Corbin Burns more than we understood why you got rid of Josh Hader. What, yeah, what do you think but so? all the, well, the, the problem here is if he had Brandon Woodruff on this pitching staff yet, a healthy Brandon Woodruff, you could justify, I guess, that trading Burns. Right. But who's your ace? If you trade Corbin Burns, who are you going with as your number one starter? I, I think every good team, well, every team for that matter, but especially a very good team, a team that has visions of repeating as division champs, you need a top of the rotation guy, a guy right. who's, when you're on that three-game skid, is going to stop it. He's going to go out there and give his best effort and, and pitch his way to a victory, hopefully, at least keep his team in the ball game. Gosh, you don't have that without Corbin Burns. Do you, well, I mean, at some point you would assume during the season they're going to have to make a move. You don't want to just let him walk and then take compensatory picks for him. I mean, that's not what you want. I think right? they're okay with that. I, I You know, I really? think they might be okay with that. Uh, well, unless you, uh, my my theory would be this, hold on to them until the trading deadline. And then if you're not in the race of the trading deadline, then you, you let them go, you trade them. But if you're in the race, you keep them. And then, yeah, it'd be just like picking up a pitcher at the trading deadline. You're keeping your guy. You're not trading him. And you play out the rest of the season with him. And then you lose, you get a compensatory draft pick out of it, um, which would be a pretty good one. But I think that would be, I could see see them going down that road. Obviously, they're not paying him. Corbin Corbin knows they're not going to pay him. The Brewers know that. His agent knows that. But I, I would I would keep him around at least until spring training, unless you if you get bowled over by an offer here in the offseason. But my one theory again on that bill is if you get bowled over, you better have somebody at that number one starter spot in the because you're not gonna buy a, a free agent out there pitcher. Right. You better have somebody for that number one spot because you know you're you're cooked at that at that ace spot right now. Freddie Peralta, we love him, but he's not an ace right now. Right, and and that's the other thing is Freddie. As much as I like Freddie, I'm I'm not banking on Freddie Peralta to be. I mean, Freddie has had really good stuff, and ever since he really developed that uh, that off speed pitch and that breaking bit ball, mm-hmm. he's been fantastic. But there are times where Freddie works behind the count, and the next thing you know, he's yeah. long ball Freddie, and, yeah. and that, which happens to everybody. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not something that you want to want to rely upon, so to speak. Well, there's some games he comes out there, he's great. And you're thinking, oh, man, here we go. Freddie's no hit through five. And there's other times he's giving up those bangers early on. You're like, oh, boy, bad Freddie today. Yep, no doubt. Okay, um, let me ask you this about – so if you you, you dumped a little bit of salary, you got a pitching staff that you're a little bit worried about, you want a third baseman or a first baseman that's going to give you some power, Mm -hmm. uh, how active do you think Matt Arnold was in laying groundwork at the owners' meetings, the GM meetings, and what does January then hold? Do you think there's deals to be made? Well, I know if I was out in Scottsdale, I'd be golfing a lot. 
but that, but I'm, <laughs> but, he's not, but he's not me, thankfully. Right. I'd be out there golfing. Oh, I'd be taking it in golfing. Oh man, especially this time of the year. We were just out there a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I, I think he did. I think he did later. He said he did, and I, I believe him. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that's what happens. You know, people right. panic and they say, "Well, the Brewers came back from the baseball winter meetings and they didn't make any moves." Well, a lot of teams didn't make any moves. You you lay. I mean, this this move here might have been laid out at with David Stearns um, in the baseball winter meetings. There might be some other moves. Uh, I like the move they got of Eric Haas, the backup catcher. I think they upgraded yeah. the, at the backup catcher spot. Somebody commented on my podcast yesterday and said, boy, Chuck, you're getting awfully excited for getting a backup catcher. Yeah, it's the best move they made in the offseason so far. <laughs> right, right. They've lost no, everybody I'm, else. I, yeah, I mean, but then again, that's actually a decent move. Yeah, I mean, I think they upgraded him. You know? I, I like him better than Caratini. He's got some pop, not great defensively. Looked like he was at the end of his career, and then he had a resurgence last couple of years in Detroit. 32 homers over two years. So, yeah. And as a backup catcher, you know, with Contreras, he's going to play. When he's not catching, he's going to DH. They need his bat in the lineup. So, uh, Haas uh, in there. Uh, not Moose Haas. No relation to Moose Haas. Right, said. right. Haas. Uh, H-A-A-S-E, which is pronounced like Hazi and a million different names in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a million of them, um, but he's going to come in and yeah, I like that move. But other than that, I I think we're, we have some moves coming up here between now and Valentine's day when we head to spring training. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking there's, they're not going to stand pat like this. And I got to assume that uh, they're at what point do you expect an announcement to be made that, yeah, they're going to definitely try, <clears throat> or are they going to just wait till spring training to definitely try uh, Christian Yelich at first base? Well, I think that they, it seems like they're not going to go that route. I, I have a feeling they're not going to go that route. I think that yeah. I, I saw something where they're not going to go that route. Um, there's rumblings that the Blue Jays are interested in him. Right. There's rumblings that the Blue Jays could be interested in Corbin Burns. Um, there's rumblings that the San Francisco Giants are interested in Willie Adamas. So there, there could be some moves made. Yeah, I think if you trade Yelich, you're probably going to have to send some salary out that way too because ain't nobody right. picking up that salary with you know the kind of production he's he's having so right i think if you were to ask mark athanasio mark if you could unload christian yelich right now salary or no salary would you and he'd say absolutely i mean he wouldn't right. tell you that off on the record but off the record i think he would but yeah, he I likes think- yelich so much i mean they they're kind of like buds yeah i mean he yelich replaced braun as kind of his like guy, you know, I mean, do, do you think that he would say, okay, if, if somebody makes us a really good offer and it's, I have to eat 10 million a year on that salary, I, I'll do it to get rid of the 19 million a year. Or do you think he just says, no, I don't want to trade him away. I don't even know. Yeah. They have to eat that much bill. I don't, I don't, maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah. But when it comes down to business, business is business. Look at Brandon Woodruff. They all love Brandon Woodruff and they right. weren't willing to give him a two year deal. Brandon was so great just a, such a great teammate. They didn't give him a two-year deal when he said that he, he, he feels he's going to pitch again, which was a little surprising. I thought maybe they would do it, but I think Antanasio has been burned a few times. I think the Braun contract got him. And even this right. one with, with Yelich, even though at the time we thought it was a, a team friendly deal. He was taking the hometown discount. But if yeah. you look at it now, it's like, Oh boy, <laughs> anybody want him? Right, right. Yeah, no doubt. 
Chuck, uh, have a great Christmas and holiday season, and you and I will chat again uh, real soon. We're also starting to look forward towards uh, opening day, so we might do our traditional opening day broadcast uh, either from the uh, the Stenny's, which is in uh, Milwaukee, or if the new Stenny's opens up, we might do it there too, so I'll let you know. Well, I was just at Stenny's on Sunday watching the Packer game. Were you really? Okay. My, yeah, my kid had a hockey game. At a hockey, he had a couple of games at the Pettit Center. So between games – Went over to the there and excellent. Uh, had a couple of burgers and some nachos and oh yeah, it was packed and had the games on and all that. Had a yep. of course I had a Bloody Mary bill. Did you ever have their Bloody Marys? There you go. The famous yep. Bloody Mary. Oh, I had I love their Bloody Marys. That's one of the only places I go to get a Bloody Mary. Oh, it's it's outstanding. And it's, and by yeah. the way, and of course, if you're doing your home, if you're doing your opening day, uh, of course, you know, put me in with ink. I'll be there as always. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, Kevin Holden, yeah, we got it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll be there. Absolutely. Yep. Join you there. Absolutely. Get a good meal there. Absolutely. And then, of course, um, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully we'll be talking to you before then, Bill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing a lot of stuff. We'll do some spring training absolutely. stuff and we're going to do a lot of uh, hot stove stuff. So we'll pay attention. But, uh, cool. And if they cool. want to find you locked on Brewers podcast, right? Uh, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads. Hit us up. We're the number one Brewer podcast on the Internet. Go to YouTube. Search Locked On Brewers. Locked On Brewers. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell there. And my guest today will be Lane Grindle. That'll be dropping at about 1 o'clock this afternoon. Excellent. We caught you on a good day then. Good stuff, Chuck. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll talk again soon, pal, okay? All right, my friend. There you go. That is the great Chuck Freeman joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. So stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. Going to reset the stream. I know some things are a little bit funky. Going to reset the stream, too. uh, So we're going to pop it back open. So uh, get ready. For those of you that are watching on the live stream and listening on the live stream, we're going to shut it down and then pop it back open. And we're going to continue on. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I know going into the new year, you're always looking for something. If you're a business, if you are a management team, maybe you've got a rehearsal dinner, a wedding coming up. There is a great venue right on the Riverwalk in downtown Milwaukee. Whether the snow is falling and it's picturesque and beautiful or summertime, you open up all the windows, the doors, the whole thing outside. It's called Northern Lights Event Venue. Northern Lights Event Venue. NorthernLightsEventVenue.com. Dinners, weddings, photo shoots. They have a great uh, selection of backdrops for photo shoots. All kinds of different things upstairs and downstairs. Business events as well. Full bar. They can cater in food. Everything for your needs. That's NorthernLightsEventVenue.com and NorthernLightsEventVenue.com. And again, this year they're going to have the music series back during the summertime. So that's going to be cool as well once the warm weather hits again. NorthernLightsEventVenue.com. And again, NorthernLightsEventVenue. Um, Excuse me. So we had to reset the stream. So for those of you coming back to the stream, we certainly appreciate it. I know not everybody has found their way back yet, but hopefully you will. Um, This one is from Matt. Matt says, uh, listening to Joe Barry is like listening to paint dry. He just says the same thing over and over again. Do you really think the guys inside the locker room actually listen to him? Going back to what Joe Barry had to say, and we heard that commentary coming out of the first hour of the program. Uh, You know, you have to assert you're, you're a paid professional, for God's sakes. Okay, we're all paid professionals in some way, shape, or form. We all do whatever we do for a living, and there's people that you have to listen to and things you have to pay attention to. I um, I have listened to a lot of seminars. I try to get something out of everything. There are people that are energetic and contagious, and that energy then becomes part of 
the presentation and you can't wait for it. And then there are others that you would rather, you know, just put your head down on the desk and go to sleep. Uh, I don't know what Joe Barry is completely like behind closed doors. I've heard him raise his voice. I've heard him get animated. But in front of the media, eh, it's, it, you know, you're, it's a, it's a Q&A. You're giving and taking, and that's about the extent of it. So I, I don't look for much more than that. But I will say this. Uh, I, again, going back to my predictions uh, for the 2024 year, I think the Packers are finding a new defensive coordinator. I think uh, going into next season, there will be a lot of watchful eyes on the head coaching seat that is Matt LaFleur. I think the Brewers make a move or two and hang on uh, to a certain extent to Corbin Burns, but I also believe that eventually we're going to get the, 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 the deal was too good to pass up commentary, and I don't know where that's going to leave the Brewers. I do believe the Brewers still have the ability to win the division. Um, if injuries start to really kind of befall that team, then I could see them moving Corbin Burns rather quickly. But uh, I think the Badgers are going to win 10 games next year. I think it's going to be an exciting season for Badger football. So I, I got a lot of things. Uh, I do believe there's going to be, after May, there's going to be a contract extension of some sort. I don't know specifically what it's going to look like for Jordan Love. It's really going to be kind of dependent upon what we see over the next three games. Uh, so there's there's that. But I think there's quite a few things to kind of hang your hat on in the sports landscape. I also, and this one was, was from Tom. Tom says, what do you see regarding the Milwaukee Bucks? I want to say I see a championship. I don't know if I can say that yet. And the reason being is, is because they just don't play defense. They don't have it within them. I mean, they do at times, don't get me wrong. So if a player's listening to this and he's saying, how can you say that? Because you just watch other teams race up and down the floor, usually via third quarter, as you have big leads that get frittered away. And we saw this last year. So I can almost say wash, rinse, repeat. We saw it last year. The difference is, down the stretch when you need points, you now have the guy to go get it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say the Bucks are going to win a championship. I, I don't feel confident about that. But I do believe that they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll which, say that. Which, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe them winning a championship. Go ahead. By the way, I don't know exactly what Bucks fans want to hear. Is there a single fan base out there that's like, man, we're a shoo-in for the title? That's not really how sports works. So Bucks no, fans. No, but I think when they picked up Dame, everybody believed it was then you know it was theirs for the taking. Yeah, but you got. I mean, you got to go take it. Like I don't think right. there is a team in the NBA where it's like, man, if if we're not winning the title, it's a massive failure. I think a lot of teams right. are are hoping things go their way and they stay healthy and they get hot. But I I don't think the Bucks are in that much different of a spot than you know certain contenders in the east or the west right now boston no i would agree with that denver yeah I, I i would agree with that um i but as far as you know yeah i couldn't make a prediction they're going to win it i do believe they're going to end up in the eastern conference finals i think they're going to kind of learn from last year's lessons but i to, to win the champ i don't know if i can go that far i mean i know people want me to say it but i don't know if i can go that far uh tom says what is your confidence level uh, with matt lafleur come the playoffs well, I think, you know, first of all, I have to look at it this way. My confidence level in this team, uh, as the statement's there, what is the confidence level in Matt LaFleur in the playoffs? I think this team, you know, I think they'll lose. I think, it, like I said, the only team I think they could have a, a shot at beating, because they're going to face one of the three, San Francisco, Dallas, or, or Philadelphia. 
I think Philadelphia is playing just low enough football to be right for the picking. But otherwise, I don't think they have a shot against Dallas, and I certainly don't think they have a shot against San Francisco. And remember, but I do believe it's good experience. No matter what happens, short of getting you're just absolutely blown out, okay? Short of getting absolutely blown out, I think it is more so a, a huge learning experience for the offense. I, that's what I do believe. So uh, do I believe they're going to win in the postseason? No, I don't. But I do believe it's a good experience builder for them in the postseason. That I do believe. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We uh, we continue on. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. On this uh, Friday Christmas edition uh, of the Bill Michael Show going into the weekend. Uh, got more people that have, have kind of chimed in and have said that uh, they want to see the Packers get to the postseason and not be crash and burn. We were talking with our buddy Gerard from Delaware a little while ago, and I said, you can convince me of both ways, but the one thing that I do know is when you get to the postseason, you experience the postseason. If you get there, you're in playoff football from here on out. You got to win out. You got to play, you know, good football to do that. And then when you get to the postseason, if you, if indeed you win the tiebreakers and you get there, that then you get to that experience is tangible. It's right there. It's in front of you. It's something you can, you know, feel and experience. Whereas kind of crash and burn, yeah, you'll raise your draft stock. But the uncertainty of who you're going to get, whether or not they're even going to be good or a bust or what have you, becomes uncertain. And, you know, on one hand, if you have another good draft like you believe Goody just had with Tucker Craft and and Jaden Reed and obviously, uh, you know, uh, um, um, your other tight end and uh, God, I can't, his name escapes me off the top of my head. Uh, but regardless, I mean, you just had a pretty solid draft. And... If that's another good draft, yeah, then you would take it. You could always move up. You can move down. You can make those things incredibly tangible. But what I do know is that – Jake Ferguson, by the way, thank you. Uh, What I do know is that you can actually experience the postseason if you went out. But more and more people say that they think it would be a good experience for a younger team to experience the postseason than it would be to crash and burn – because there is a fear, and this is a great point by Anthony. Anthony says there's a fear. I'll tell you what that fear is when we come back, because I think it's a great point. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Yeah. 